Hey everyone, welcome back to the Improv TX Comedy Network. If this is your first time checking out the podcast network, we appreciate it. Please head over to your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or iTunes, and give the Improv TX Comedy Network a like. And just a reminder, the Improv TX Comedy Network is live on YouTube with all your favorite comedians on the improv stage. All links can be found in the description. And with that, on to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Act Out from Open Mic to the Big Stage. Comedians tell us how stories were made. My name is Doc. Today I'm here with an amazing comedian. This guy has been in the game for a minute. He has a podcast called Back in the Day Day, which is awesome. His, his interview style is so personable. Like, you're really good at talking to people. Your comedy is also amazing. You talk about your family. You talk about observational stuff. You're just killing it. You can go check out his clips online on YouTube at Michael Passfar. Look it up on the YouTubes. You'll find them. Today, our guest is Michael Passfar. What's up, man? How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me out. Hell yeah, dude. This is going to be fun. So I got to ask, I know you've been in the game for a while, but how many years has it been? <sighs> That's a loaded question because I started in like 07, 08, and then in 2013, I took about probably three years off and then came back in 2016 and been going pretty heavy since then. Right on. So we're like at like 12-ish years maybe, 11 and 12, 11, 12-ish. So what was the reason for taking the break? I just got real busy with life. So my wife was pregnant with our first child. You know, my other career was starting to grow a little bit, and I was really focused on that. And then I was also doing a lot of volunteer work. I was coaching uh, for this youth basketball team out in South Dallas. And so it was just like one of these things where it's like something has to – drop off it wasn't a conscious decision it wasn't like hey you have to stop comedy it just that was the thing that stopped like i I was busy i was not writing at all so i wasn't going to open mics at that point and so it just kind of just stopped happening and at that point it was like oh i looked up i hadn't done it in three years (laughs) so you know like i was like oh okay i guess i guess i guess you don't do comedy anymore you know (laughs) but that's cool though that you took the time to actually take care of your home life and take care of everything there so that's pretty cool so when you got back in the game did you go like full force into it or did you just kind of ease your way back into it it was uh a dipping of the toe a little bit because at that point now i had a how old was she like two and a half year old and then my wife was now pregnant for the second one so in my career was in a good place at that point to where I felt comfortable to where I didn't feel like I needed to work 50, 60 hours a week. Yeah, it was it, it was pretty heavy coming back, you know, and, and once I started doing it, and it took a little while to kind of get that rhythm back because, you know, you're, at that point when you're coming back, you're back to doing only open mics, mm-hmm. right? So you're doing three five-minute sets. So I remember that first 10-minute set that I did was real rough. You know, I, I still had jokes, but it was just trying to be able to have the timing and it's, it's it's almost like an endurance right like if you haven't ran two miles in a few years you try to go run that two miles for the first time it's gonna <laughs> it's not gonna be good and it was kind of the same thing i was out of breath on stage you know like <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing I, i'm happy that you came back to the game i was gonna ask you what were you like as a kid were you kind of a rambunctious kid were you a, the silly kid were you shy i was shy and i'm still this way i'm i'm very shy like i'm not a um small talk person i'm not a uh if i go to a party or whatever and i don't know anyone i'm not someone that's gonna make friends i'm probably gonna sit in a corner by myself (laughs) and if someone comes and talks with me i can carry on a great conversation but i've always been kind of shy but with my people and when i'm around people i'm the class clown i'm loud i'm obnoxious i'm a little bit annoying you know i (laughs) like, like i know i have kind of a 
like a little like kind of a like a in your face personality so i kind of wait to bring that out until i'm comfortable around people that makes sense that yeah makes sense. so what was your first comic influence who did you see the first time and just really set you off on this path man you know i don't know who like my first you know like i, I grew up in the 90s so you know, Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, those type of people were people that I watched more in movies. My first stand-up comedian that I watched where I was like, oh man, I kind of I, I want to try this. When I was in high school, the Pablo Francisco Comedy Central Presents mm-hmm. was very popular. And I mean, I watched that thing probably 150 times. Yeah. Like I had that thing memorized. So that was my first comic that I saw where I was like, man, I, I really want, I want to do comedy. Cause I always did some kind of performing. I started performing. I have a degree in theater. I started doing acting when I was like nine or 10. And so I'd always done some kind of performance in front of people from a very young age, but it wasn't until high school, probably maybe junior, senior year where I saw that Pablo Francisco comedy central presents. And I was like, man, I want to do like com, like I, I want to do acting. That's great. But I want, I do fine doing like a comic role in a, show but i'd like to try doing actual stand-up comedy and what was that little tortilla boy is that yep. what it was? yeah little tortilla boy <laughs> that was um where he was like talking about r&b singers yeah. and he's like you're silky you're fine you're smooth you're fine yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. i still do that to this day. <laughs> fine i'm fine yeah and then like his roommate who was like a male stripper or something like that you know and he's like he's talking about shaving his huevos, you know, like yes. so, yeah. Oh my god, that one was good. Comedy Central presents back in the day was amazing. You're right. That I used to record them on VHS and just yeah. watch them back to back to back. Did you do improv at any point? Did you get into that side of the, the thing? I didn't ever do it like where I went and took classes or at like a place for improv. I mean, since I have a theater background, I took improv classes like through theater, or we would have. You know, during a section of an acting class, maybe for three or four weeks, we would do improv. But that's the extent of improv I ever did. So you never went on stage and did that all comedy, all stand up? Not not like not in the sense of like, let me go take an improv class. When we would do four or five weeks sections of improv, we would do improv like like workshops, basically. And we would do like the improv games and the improv performances, but just for class. Like it was never anything that I did for actual like pain audience or anything but so you were in plays and stuff like that mm-hmm. or, or were you in did commercials or what did you end up doing with your with acting at such a young age so i did a little bit of everything i did plays like church plays when i was young 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 and then once i got into middle school i started doing theater through the school and then when i went to high school I played sports up through freshman year, and then I went to varsity theater, which sounds super lame, (laughs) um, and did that. You know, we did three or four shows a year, and then I got scholarships for college to go to theater. Um, I went to a junior college first, and then I went to OU after that for theater, and while I was in school, I would do, for the summertime, I would do professional theater. I did like a really cheesy musical out in Cisco, Texas. And then for the two summers, I worked at Six Flags. That's right. Um, yeah. Doing the comedy gunfight shows. Didn't something crazy happen there? On your podcast, you told a great story about I can't remember. Something about a, the manager disappearing. Oh, yes. Got, got put in prison or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So one, <laughs> one of our – okay. So that I forgot about that. So <laughs> we did shows. We did like five or six shows a, a day. We were in full cowboy garb. 
And the guy that was in charge, because we always had like a rotating person that was in charge that would like cast the show that day and like have to do paperwork and everything. He left. He's like, hey, I'm going to go run an errand real quick. I'm like, okay, it's kind of weird. And then I get a call from the owner of our company because we were a leasey company. We didn't work for Six Flags. We were a production company. And he goes, hey, uh, so-and-so is in jail. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what? Because I was like the assistant manager or whatever. He's like, so-and-so's in jail. He got arrested when he was running an errand. You guys are going to have to do the remainder of the shows with three people. And so I get off the phone. I was like, hey, so-and-so just called us. Uh, We got to do three shows. Last two shows, it's a three-man show. We're going to have to rewrite the show like this. Wow. And you're going to have to play this role. Then you have to play that. Because he's in jail. So I, <laughs> and they're like, what? And the best thing about it, Doug, man, like the best thing about it, he didn't change to go home. So he's in full cowboy gear. <laughs> and not just full cowboy gear, but like in 1890 cowboy gear. Yeah, we, did, we were like present day cowboys. We were, it was like 1880s, you know, like wild, wild west type stuff. So he, I, and I hope, I hope that day. <laughs> I don't remember because it was many years ago. I hope because you would we we switched off playing roles. I hope he was like the marshal that yeah, day. Yeah, so he had a marshal badge. <laughs> Let me out of here. Yeah. I'm the marshal. Yeah, that's so awesome. That, I, I remember I was listening a couple weeks ago. And this is why you got to go listen to the podcast. Everyone back in the day, day hilarious stories like that. Like it's just chock full of goodness. It's so great. Well, all right. Yeah. Next question. Open mic. I always like to ask this. When you finally decided to do stand-up for the first time, mm-hmm. what was that open mic experience like? So my first open mic was in Oklahoma. Luckily, and this happens for a lot of comics, I had a ton of friends that came. So, I mean, I probably had 15, 20 people that came because I was in college. You know, you need something to do. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, you, should, you know, always talking about doing comedy. So I had a bunch of people came. It went okay. I mean, it wasn't great at all. I did five minutes about my dog. Like, I had all dog jokes. And so you prepared beforehand. Yeah. I wrote everything down. And and so my experience performing-wise was theater. So I wrote it out like monologue style. Like yeah. I wrote word for word what I was going to say. Like, it was almost like a, a script. So I didn't wait for any laughs. I just, you know, boom, 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 boom. Terrible timing. Uh, <laughs> you know, I had, all, I had it all written down. And then, you know, it went okay. I, and then I, I didn't understand how open mics worked because I'd never done it, right? So the next time I came, I had all new material again. And I was Dang. like, you know, and the next time I came, I had all new material to game. And then I started watching everyone else. And I was like, oh, they're literally doing the same thing pretty much every time they come up. I think it's because they're trying to get these jokes better. And then I realized that, you know, I, I that was a learning thing for me for sure. But you must have had a ton of material by that point because if you just kept No, nah, none, <laughs> none of it was good. I definitely had it's zero material. Yeah, I don't think I I – rem- I think I remember the first joke I wrote. It was about my dog had just gotten neutered, right? And so when I was leaving to get him neutered, I dropped the, you know, I was picking him up from the vet. The little assistant lady at the front was like giving me a rundown of the things like, hey, for the next two weeks, he can't do this, 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 and this, and this. And I'm like walking out the door. They're like, oh, yeah, oh, Mr. Passfar, one more thing. For the next two weeks, make sure he doesn't, you know, eh, eh. and I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, for the next two weeks, make sure he doesn't, eh, eh. and I was like, what are you talking? He's like, you don't have sex. And I was like, okay like what do you think he is like this isn't a disney movie he's not taking on like human being traits like he's not like going out on the bars like trying to pick up chicks like, you know <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and so that was like my first joke I that's ever pretty wrote. good actually yeah, I, like, <laughs> I think you need to bring it back <laughs> i might do it i might do it in my next maybe set. the timing wasn't right back then yeah the, eh, eh, that it, got me to <laughs> yeah it got a laugh but you know and then i went into all these other jokes about dogs and like i was well, so stupid i mean but honestly it's smart because you're talking about something that people can relate with. You know, pets is one of the number one key things you can talk about in comedy. Because, you know, if you're trying to relate with an audience, it's what? Dating, food, pets, jobs, you know what I yeah. mean? So it's actually really smart to start with that. Um, so what was it like the first time you got to host a gig? You got the call to actually get paid for a job. That's a cool feeling, you know, because um, you do a lot of really big, Bad. I mean, you, I still do bad gigs. You know, you do a lot of bad stuff to where, you know, when you're first starting off and you're doing open mics, most of the time, a lot of the open mics, they're putting the people up front that they know, right? So it doesn't matter when you sign up, you're moving further and further down that list. So there's a lot of nights of you getting there at seven o'clock in the evening and performing at 1230. And now there's three people left and they're all comics. So you're basically performing to an empty room. So when you get that first experience of, okay, you're going to host the show. This room is more than like, it's a Friday night. It's a Saturday night. It's more than likely going to be 75%, 100% full. And every single person there knows they're going to a comedy show, right? Because a lot of times when you perform at these other venues, Half the people, more than half the people, whoever's there, they did not even know comedy was going to exist. Yeah. You basically <laughs> just run their night, right? They, like, I've been to those shows. Yeah. I've been on those shows, yes. Because you, you're like, man, I got off work. Me and my friends were going out. You know, we we're going to have a, a couple beers. Maybe we we're going to chat. And now there's this dude who's depressed standing on a stage. <laughs> berating me because i won't listen to him yeah right so it was a really cool feeling man it was a cool experience to get to perform in front of you know a paying audience instead of performing in front of no one that wants to listen to yeah. you yeah yeah that's i'd be wonderful to do that <laughs> and you and it's funny because like you know you feel like you made it but you yeah. didn't you, know, yeah, no. <laughs> you made it you're still a glorified yeah. open mic yeah. at that point. you're like oh man i did it you know <laughs> Hopefully they book me next week. Yeah. I'm going to crush it. It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so what happened whenever you got the headline finally? Whenever you got that gig? How long were you in the game before that happened? Well, I got the opportunity to headline a couple of um, like gigs that I was not ready for at all. And honestly, it just was because I knew some people at some different spots that wanted comedy. And then so I got to headline. And I should not have been headline. I should have not been doing more than like... 15 20 minutes of material and i did like 45 to an hour oh wow you know and it was i i filled the time the people there had a good time i guess maybe but i shouldn't have been up there getting to headline these shows that i get to do now guy i don't i don't headline like big like huge <laughs> things all right let's not act like uh i have a day job <laughs> so but the things that i get to do like on the road like these little like smaller rooms or like weeknights at the clubs and stuff that that's a really cool feeling and and i get i really enjoy doing those shows because i like to get to hang out and watch the audience right because you get to experience the audience and you get to experience things usually when i'm closing out a show i'll try to incorporate something that happened in that evening right like so i experience you know, X, Y, and Z happen. Let me bring that up at the very beginning. That way it seems like this is a fresh thing that happened. It's not, everything's not written. Everything's not rehearsed. There's something that's going. So it, it, it's a pretty cool feeling, man. 
I was going to say, are you good with crowd work then? Did you fill that extra time with crowd work or how did you? Yeah. I had material. It just wasn't any good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I should not have been doing any more than 15 minutes of material for people that are paying to be there. And for the amount of money they paid me to do that show, it was still like <laughs> one of the most amount of monies I've ever been paid to do comedy yeah. for one exact, for one show. Oh, wow. You know? And it was like, I mean, they had me back. I came back again the next year, <laughs> but definitely shouldn't have been there That's at all. That's awesome though. Hey everyone, it's just Stuck jumping in to say thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. If you dig it, please head over to our website at improvtx.com where you can check out our calendar for all the upcoming shows in Addison, Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio. And don't forget to follow our social media, all links in the description. And with that, back to the podcast. What is the weirdest thing you ever saw on stage? I love this question. Oh, man. Not behind the stage, not, not behind, you know, like, like comedians are crazy, but like the weirdest thing that you saw. Like that I saw from the audience? Yeah, audience, or like you saw it happen to some other comedian, or... So, I used to be the door guy at Hyenas, which is one of the other clubs um, in town, uh, one of the longstanding clubs. So, I was the door guy at Hyenas Dallas when they first opened. And, I, and it, this might have been the first weekend, I can't remember. And it was, I remember the comic that was there, it was Tom Rhodes, if you're familiar with her, he's amazing, you need to watch his stuff. And he did this joke. This guy got, it was, everything was fine. The guy was, he was interrupting. Tom was kind of playing back and forth with him. And out of nowhere, he just storms. He just storms the stage, right? And the owner of the club comes out of nowhere and puts the dude in a headlock no. before he gets to the stage. And I don't know where he came from. Like, I don't know where the owner came from because... What's even there? Yeah, like, 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 I don't know where he came from. Where he came from, like, he might have been in the back, like, in the sound area, and he, like, or maybe was just walking through. Because I don't know where he came from. Because the guy was probably only... He, he wasn't first row, but he was probably only second or third row. So that's, like... 11 feet from the stage yeah. maybe and he may he, he must have felt the guy standing up or something his instincts kicked in and he came in and he got him before he got to the stage and like i mean had like had him in a headlock oh, wow. got him back down and that that was a pretty interesting thing and that, i mean i i think that was opening weekend oh that's nuts yeah <laughs> <laughs> hyenas is a wild place it really is it's fun that dallas location well the fort worth even more so but like... the fort worth location <laughs> the current one now is amazing mm -hmm. but they used to have one that was in i think it was on houston street if my my memory serves me right the way that place was set up the one currently you go downstairs as well but this one like you felt like you were in this basement and it was really cool they could smoke in it. So you would be on stage and there would just be like smoke coming up. You were definitely getting lung cancer, all the smoke <laughs> that was coming in. My wife would like make me change as soon as I got home because you smell terrible. Yeah. And the way that place, I, I think this is what I was told, is that they had mic'd the crowd because people would record audio there a lot. So the crowd was amplified. So when you would make a joke, it it boom yeah. you know it sounded amazing so you felt like you were this rock star there. <laughs> so that was a really cool spot to do comedy at what advice do you have for upcoming comedians people who are just starting out people who are thinking about doing it for the first time don't be afraid try it i hear this all the time like people will be like man I, I, people tell me i'm funny i should really get out there and, and try comedy well you're lucky you're in dfw because we have a really great scene and we also have so many opportunities to get on stage every single night of the week. You can get on stage. I mean, I don't know if there's any open mics on Saturdays, but pretty much every other yeah. night you can get on stage and get on stage multiple times. Go up as much as possible and write, 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 write. 
Don't worry if things work out. Don't worry if you feel like you suck. We all suck. <laughs> I bomb. I'll bomb probably tomorrow. You know, like, <laughs> they, like, like things, things happen. And, and so just keep doing it. Go up as much as you can. Find friends that are also doing comedy. Get like yourself a little comedy friend so you can run ideas by, you know, just go up every, it's just like anything else in life. You have to do it. The more you do it, the better you get it. I know that sounds so cheesy, but that's the truth, you know? And the thing is, we only get to practice five minutes at a time, three minutes at a time. The other thing I always try to remind people, there's a lot of driving. (laughs) Yeah. A a lot of downtime. It's a lot of time sitting there watching unfunny people say unfunny things. Mm -hmm. And not that we're judgmental. It's just one of those things where we all suck at the beginning. Well, and honestly, even the comics that are working, they might suck at that open mic too because they're working material. Right. That's practice. It's just like anything else you go and watch. You go watch – Luca tomorrow and he's trying some new move that he's never done at practice it's probably gonna suck you yeah. know what i mean like and he's one of the best basketball players in in, in the planet right now it, so it's not necessarily it, you're you're going to an open mic for practice get on stage as much as you can yes because you're trying to practice your material but also because you're trying to practice that comfortableness on stage right the more comfortable you get on stage the more comfortable the audience is going to be with you because you want it to feel like you're watching a person, not some fake thing, right? And so when you get on stage and you're all tense and you're holding the microphone awkwardly and you're doing things like that, all of that comes across and it makes it for a worse and worse experience for an audience member. So if you can do little things like getting comfortable with the mic, you watch so many comics when they're first starting off, they'll do their set, they'll take the mic out of the mic stand and then they'll just keep the stand in front of them. And now there's a, a, a bar in front of your yeah. face you know, like little things like that. You have people that are playing with the core, doing different things like that. So getting on stage and just getting yourself familiar with being on stage is extremely helpful. Yeah, and you're very comfortable on stage. Oh, so thank you. You come across as though it's so natural. And that's I watched the video that's like 12 years old that you were in Hyenas. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, he is just like killing it. And then the act out, like you, were, which this is called, you're really good at the act out too. Thank you. Making it come across very naturally. So I was very impressed. I was like, because the video was older and then you were kind of just starting in the game. Yeah, so that might have been if it was a hyenas clip. Am I wearing like a hat? Yeah, backwards hat. I think that was my first full weekend oh, wow. hosting. Yeah. yeah, because the first time I got called to host, so I was a door guy there. They would let me do guest sets on Thursday nights, pretty much almost every Thursday. And then I would do like Friday or Saturday. They'd be like, you want to do five minutes or whatever? And there was one Thursday I was there just doing my normal job. And the opener either got in a car wreck or got pulled over or something and wasn't going to make it in time. So they're like, you're opening tonight. And the <laughs> owner happened to be there that night. And he was like, hey, he's seen me do guest sets. But at that point, I did an opening set, had did the announcements, did all the other things you have to do as the host. And he was like, hey, you're on the roster now. Oh, awesome. And that was it, you know. Yeah. And it was just one of those things. What is your writing process like? Do you write in your head? Do you write it out on computer? Paper? I do a little bit of all three so I have a notes app on my phone. Like when things happen, I'll write something down real quick, a couple, couple words that me memorize, you know, remember something. And then when I get the time, I'll go back and like in my journal, write more things out. I also do, this is weird. Sometimes I get inspired to write jokes by listening to music. So like a couple of years ago, I added, and I've only done this bit a few times and it goes over well. I don't know why I don't do it more, but I added this bit where I come out to the song that was out real popular in the 90s, that Cash Money Records taking over for the 99 and 2000, right? And I do a whole bit about us the summer listening to that song 
all the time with my black friend and like it's this whole whole thing about it right and so when i was trying to write that bit i just listened to that song like on repeat for like days like i would like at nighttime i would listen to that song on repeat for like days because i was like trying to like come up with something that i was getting inspired by that actual song of things that reminded me of things from 99 2000 and i just like wrote and that's how i wrote that bit right so i'll do different things like that where if there's a certain type of music certain type of mood i'm trying to be in of the that i want the joke to be i'll just listen to songs over and over again sometimes that inspires me to write bits of things that i'm trying to i don't know it's kind of a weird process i know i love that i love that when comedians actually use the song and then when they get on stage they quote it and like it's a song that's recognizable or like relatable yeah it's so much fun because you're already hitting the jokes you're getting jokes per minute at that point yeah absolutely you can crush it so it's so cool well where do you see yourself in the next five years where do you want to be with this you know if I can get to the point to where I feature regularly at all the clubs and that I get to work, continue to work one-nighters, I, I would love to get to the point to where I work clubs on the road, you know. But honestly, like, that's a goal, but at the same time, it's not. I mean, I want to be at the point to where I can do comedy and still have my family life. That's more important to me than any comedy thing. It would be great if one day comedy became my full-time job. But if it took me on the road, I wouldn't do it. Because right now, when I do road gigs, usually it's around if I can take my family with me. So, like, I'm at Comics Live in Corpus Christi March 10th and 11th, I believe, or 9th and 10th. And that's spring break. So, we're going to go to Corpus Christi for spring break. You know what I mean? Like, Or, like, I'll do – I'm in West Texas – the following week, my wife's family's from West Texas, so we'll go see her parents, stay there for a couple of days, and I'll drive and go do the show and come back. So, like, things like that, like, I'm down to do stuff on the road as long as it doesn't, you know, interfere with my family. So, right. my goal is just to keep getting better. I would love to get to the point to where, you know, the club's here on a weekend, a headliner gets sick and they have to have a fill-in. I'd love to be at that level to where people are calling me for that. You know, I get to do cool stuff to where they'll let me close out shows on weeknights. I'd love to get to the point to where weekends they call me up as well. Yeah. That That's kind of my goal right now. That would rock. So with the podcast, how did that come about? Like back in the day that you've done quite a few episodes of that now. Yeah. Um, uh, how did that start? Like what was the inspiration for it? So pandemic was happening, bored out of my mind, working um, from home, my wife working from home, kids doing school from home. Everything was from home. Comedy was dead. And I had a lot, of, a lot of time on my hands. And I was thinking about just like kind of different ideas for shows, you know, for different things. And one of my friends is, I love him to death, but he is like a movie, like the movie character that talks about all the stories from our past. Like every time we get together, he'll tell this one story about um, something that happened in this football game our senior year that he played in. Like, the, uh, tell the exact story. I mean, like, literally, <laughs> I could tell it word for word. I didn't even play. You know what I mean? Like, I could tell the story word for word as if I was there, right? And so, like, we kind of make fun of him a little bit from it. And I got this idea. I was like, wouldn't it be kind of cool to have, like, a podcast where people sit around and tell their stories for their glory years, right? And you could change. And at first, it was just going to be 100% tell me stories about your greatest athletic achievement. I don't care if it was... In third grade, they finally put me in the game, and I hit the game-winning shot. I want to know details. I want to know what you were, 
you know, like what shoes you had on. <laughs> I want to know what the crowd was like. Was your mom there? Was your dad there? How come you didn't get much playing time? Like, I want to know all the details as if you're telling me a story about how you won a national championship in football, right? Yeah. Or it could be to that level. It could be someone that played college football and they won a national championship. I didn't care what level it was. I just wanted to hear the story from your glory years. And so then as I started kind of coming up with the idea and bouncing it off people, people were like, well, why would you just stick to one topic? Maybe you do a season about different topics. So what I do now is I have a guest on. I interview them kind of for the first part, just kind of learn the stories about how they became the person they are today. And then I have that one topic that I hit. So season one was your greatest athletic achievement. Season two was your first job you ever had. And then also told me a story about either getting fired or quitting inappropriately. Um, and then uh, <laughs> and then this past season was dating stories. Yeah. So I wanted like real like creepy stories. I, I only got a handful of them. Dude, the worst part about the dating story one was, and I'm not calling anyone else. Uh, I'm not, go listen to my podcast and you can hear who I'm calling out, but I won't call them out by name. I had like two or three people that came on the show. And when I got to the part about the dating stories, they'd be like, well, you know, I didn't really date that much. Ah, uh, why didn't you say so? Just something? tell me that. Like, I asked you. Like, I, I told you what, because I would tell them, like, here's the podcast. Do you want to be on it? Absolutely. I can do it on this day, this day, and this day. Okay, okay, cool. Most of it is just going to be an interview. You don't need to prepare anything. The one thing I need you to prepare is a story about dating and this, this, and this, and this. In that moment, the response back to me should have been, I don't really date yes. that much. And I've been like, okay, cool. I'll get you on the next season when we do a different topic. And so I, I told my producer uh, <laughs> the next week, I was like, if one more, because it happened like three weeks in a row. I was like, if one more person comes on here and tells me they don't have any stories about dating, I was like, I'm going to like slowly take off my headphones and just leave. <laughs> Done. <laughs> like just leave and like make it real awkward and everything like that. And I said, I don't want you to edit it out. I want you to keep it in there or whatever. And we were laughing and like luckily the next people had stories about dating, but. Yeah. You know, so that that's kind of the inspiration of the podcast. I love storytelling. I do too. I love to tell stories. When I get with my group of friends, we tell stories. If I meet people and I get comfortable with them, I'm going to tell them stories about things that have happened in my life. Because storytelling is the root of, our, of, of everything. That's why we read books. That's why we watch movies. That's why we watch TV shows. We love telling stories. So to me, it was like this could be a really fun show to listen to people's interesting stories about certain topics. Yeah. I know. I love storytelling. It's one of my favorite things on this planet. And that's why I like doing this podcast because we go through the comedy journey on here, but like great stories come out of it. Like you said, the weirdest thing you ever saw on stage, you know, yeah. seeing the headlock. That's so freaking awesome. What are you going to do for next season, you think, for for the storytelling? So I want to do the most trouble you ever got in. Oh. <laughs> so I want to tell like you tell a story and I, and I usually the way I've gotten, I've gotten better as the seasons have gone on about getting a little bit deeper with the topic. So I want to do the most trouble you ever got in by your parents, the most trouble you ever got in at school, and then if you've been arrested, that story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got stories for you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> I think that'll be fun, man. And, and, and from stories, like, other cool things come up, right? So you tell that story, and then I like the, the way that the podcast has been formatted so much because – Oftentimes, they'll tell something that reminds me of something I was thinking about, right? And I'll tell a quick story. I try not, I try not to tell too many stories on that. You're really good about that. Oh, thank yeah. you very much. That's what I said. I love listening to it because you're so personable, but also you, you can tell you're having a good time and you don't interrupt. And that's one of the biggest pet peeves of mine is you notice during this, I have not interrupted you very much. 
it's it's huge, dude. It's huge. But also, as comedians, you want to interject because your yeah. brain says, "Oh, I got a funny tag here. I got a funny punch here." You want to do it, but I bite my tongue is what I do most of the time. Yeah, it, it's hard to kind of sit back and watch, but it's also not about that. I something that was cool that we did as well is I did bonus episodes for each season. So then I had my producer interview me, and then I told my stories from the topic for the back in the day day. Oh, so that awesome. way I got that out, right? You know what I mean? Because I was like, I want to tell my stories too. Like I have fun stories about each one of those. So I did a bonus episode for the seasons as well that I released, you know, after the season was out. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah it's hard as a host. Uh, you you got to – instead, I love when I guest on stuff because I can just be – yeah. And do whatever I want to do. So it's so much fun. Thank you so much, first of all, Michael, for being here. I appreciate it. Everyone, check out his social media. We got uh, first the website, www.michaelpassler.com, of course. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Make it easy at Michael Passfar. Go subscribe, like, comment, do all the stuff you need to do. Find the podcast on YouTube or it's it's everywhere, right? It's everywhere. Spotify, uh, Apple, Stitcher, iHeart, all, all that good stuff. Yeah, so back in the day, day, got to double down on the day. So back in the day, yeah, check it out. So, Michael, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Appreciate I pre- it. I appreciate it. And, y'all, thank you so much for listening. Remember to support local comedy any way, shape, or form that you can. That was a pan that just dropped. <laughs> and with that, we will see you on the next one. And there it is. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please head over to ImprovTX.com to check out all our upcoming shows at the Addison, Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio clubs. If you like this podcast, you might enjoy the other podcasts on the ImprovTX Comedy Network. We have The Act Out. From open mics to the big stage, comedians tell us the story they've made, where I talk to comedians from all over and chat about their journey this far. Also, check out the Black Dog Retro Arcade podcast. Straight from the arcade, we talk about how our favorite games were made. That's right, we're talking all that video game goodness. And finally, we have Quackin' Up, a storytelling podcast where we pick suggestions from a hat and tell stories based upon them. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Please check out our social media, all links in the description. And with that, we'll see you on the next one.